on Sagittarian Matters, cartoonist Gabrielle Bell joins us to talk about comics. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the Gabrielle Bell is an autobiographical cartoonist and diarist from New York. She's the author of the comic Lucky, The Voyeurs, Truth is Fragmentary, and most recently, Everything is Flammable. I caught up with Gabrielle in New York City with producer Ponyo sitting nearby. Enjoy. Gabrielle Bell. Welcome to Sagittarian Matters. Thank you. Question, how long have you been making comics? Uh, I guess I started seriously around, I guess, 20 years ago now. Around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about 20 years. Did you start making autobiographical comics then? Or what led you to autobiographical comics? Uh, I was trying to do like more serious fictional short stories. I mean, I was really... Um, influenced by Adrian Tomine, actually. <clears throat> Me too. And uh, but then I sort of, at some point, I just kind of gave up. Well, not gave up. I just like just to let off steam. Just just started doing autobiographical comics, like just to make it fun because I was very it was very heavy and laborious what I was doing. And then I don't know. I just got more and more drawn to that. Did you find examples of autobiographical comics? Um, Ariel Schrag was a big... Ariel and Adrian were big. Me too. Yeah. Um, she was a huge... Uh, uh, Robert Crumb, Julie Doucet, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just... I mean, there has been so many autobiographical cartoonists they just come and go there's so many I I read like 20 years ago and then I just like have sort of fallen off my radar Mm -hmm. I feel like at the time when I got into them I found like King Cat Mm -hmm. and James Kachalka Mm -hmm. and like Carrie McNinch and I was like oh my god this Mm -hmm. is a comic too and also Ariel's comics yeah for sure I was so jealous though because she was it was like that feeling when you realize that Beyonce is your same age and she's done so much, but it was that feeling with Ariel where I was a teenager. And people were like, here's another teenager, look what she's doing. And I was like, God. So she's your age? Give or take, yeah. Because I'm much older than her, actually. I was. She was. She I met her when she was in high school and I was like 22. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, she was like 15, 14, maybe. I think of you as very youthful. Um, no, I'm much older than Ariel. So in a way... That kind of, I mean, like, there was no hope of being jealous of her because she was <laughs> so far ahead of me. Well, so what, did you have an idea that you would do comics as your job or that you would have yeah. success in comics? I mean, yeah, I figured if I just keep doing it and doing nothing else and just doing it all the time, that, you know, it's like the monkey with the typewriter. Eventually, the monkey will. <laughs> write Shakespeare or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like I just figured if I just keep at it, eventually I'll get it right, I guess. Do you feel like you've gotten it right? Mm, 
got it more right, I would say, maybe. I've got it righter sometimes. Like, I, I think I've done a few good comics, but not nearly as much as I wished. But, um, and I wish that I did more fiction like I started out. But, um, I mean, I'm definitely better than I used to be, so uh, I don't know if there's a really a right. I don't know. It's not. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I, I think with comics I could forever be tweaking a page or tweaking a thing and mm-hmm. make it better. Like anything I've done, I can look at and be like, oh, I wish I had done this. Or mm-hmm. I like to take another crack at editing this story or add this, or I wish it said this. But I guess I wonder, what was your definition of success then? Uh, money and fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still kind of, that's. That would be, like career-wise, that's still kind of the definition. Mm-hmm. And uh, just scraping by on a little bit of it, those things. Yeah, I met. I had this one cartoonist come talk to a high school class I was teaching, and they're like, "How much money do you make?" And she's <laughs> like, "Well, I live indoors, <laughs> and I get to eat, and I'm clothed. <laughs> so that's that's it. So I feel like I'm doing fine." Yeah, I mean, like we all want to do better, don't we? But yeah. it's I mean, I'm always saying it, but it's true. It's really hard because comics are so labor-intensive, and we don't get paid very much. Like, we'd get paid as much as a writer would get paid, for example. But what a writer would take a day to do, we will take a month to do. Yeah. So we're basically getting a day's... We're doing a month's worth of work for a day or something. Yeah. Or You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the labor-intensiveness does not match the 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 payment and also i mean like it's you get paid so much more just to do an illustrated an illustration for example for a magazine but if you do a comic for a magazine you'll get paid like a quarter of that amount even though a comic would take again 10 days to the one day of work yeah I kind of feel like if you like, if you enjoy being a martyr, you might enjoy comics. <laughs> because truly, with my friends who are writers, they're like, oh, this book was so hard. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, imagine writing it and then drawing it and then drawing it again. Yeah. And then that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's rewards to being a cartoonist. Like, I read, I love to read books. But, like, when I read a lot of description, I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to do all that describing. I can just draw the background. Yeah. So, I mean, it's also like a shorthand, but it's a long shorthand, I guess. I always think of it that way, where I think like, oh, it would be much more expedient if I just draw this. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the, the tragic comedy is that it takes 12 times longer to draw it than it would for me to just try and fumble together a few sentences describing what the thing is. It's kind of... um easier to draw than write do you think for me i think i think that's because that's just the way my brain works Mm. Uh, so question what is your process like Um, because you do a lot of stuff you do a lot of diary comics mm, i mean i use the diary as a jumping off point i think yeah how long do you let things elapse before you write about them not so long um i try to get at things when they're still fresh Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would say a day. Oh, wow. I don't like to tell old stories. As soon as they get to a certain, like, like a week goes by and then I'm no longer interested in it. 
I'm very of the moment in that way. So do you go home and do things in pencil and then go over them in pen? No, I, I do things in pen and then I go over them in pen again with a light box. Mm. I love a light box. Yeah, light boxes solved a lot of cartoonists' problems. Is there anything that you feel uncomfortable writing about? Uh, yeah, sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, feelings, uh, social issues, everything. Pretty much everything makes me uncomfortable to write about. Is there anything you absolutely wouldn't write about? Uh, I guess I think about it because as an autobiographical cartoonist, after a certain point, I got really protective over certain parts of my life mm-hmm. where I'm like, not that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, the readers can have everything except for this. Mm. And I also don't like drawing myself having sex. <laughs> yeah, no, if I were to write about sex, I would have, I think I'd have to make it fictional because I don't know if it's just me or maybe it's all autobiography, but like, it's, it's, just um the fans the readers they feel they have some kind of right to your life or something like they think that you've just because you've written about something like like that's who you are or that's what you're about my point is uh it's dangerous to write about yourself um, look at Gabby Schultz and his book about herpes. Mm-hmm. This gave him a bad reputation. Well, not a bad reputation, but it's like it gives him a stigma. But then he wrote a, a new book, and then he wrote another book, and people forgot about that, so I'm sorry to Gabby for even bringing that up. Mm-hmm. But it is very dangerous to write about something and then become known for that thing. It's It hurts your personal relationships which hurts your personal psyche which limits you how have you experienced that i've experienced that i mean i've had people read books of mine and be like oh now i understand why you are like you are and i'm like mm. what yeah. what the hell are you talking about that is very diminishing um i mean like i said earlier one thing i hate is when somebody says why are you shy or pointing out that i'm shy and i'm actually not shy like I just, um, people bring that out. and I used to be painfully shy, and I can regress back to being shy. But, like, we are not just who we are. We are who, how we are treated. And um, so that is, it's easy to become, to be known to the, to as that guy who does this or that girl who does that. And especially if you're a woman, you do get pigeonholed in that way. Yeah. How are you, how are you different than your character? I am a complex human being with all kinds of facets, for one thing. I mean, I'm infinitely different from my character. But, I mean, like, I've been doing this character for so long that I... That it is kind of like shackled to me. Yeah. Like I feel like I end up writing about sadder things than I actually am telegraphing in normal life. Yeah, there's um there's some kind of dilution happening in the work where you're 
working something out and it's really not who you are at all. It's almost like the opposite of who you are or something. Because you've worked it out. No, I don't know about that. I, I mean, personally, I never really fully work anything out, but it can be very last year. Like, I'm not really, like, the things that I wrote about in my comics last year is just not who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. I think my latest book, I mean, my character is a very neurotic character and a very sort of dysfunctional character and not very not very practical. And in my latest book, I become, I, uh, I portray myself as more of a responsible person. And, um, I mean, you, I, uh, I think you, one has to push out of those roles that other people give you because other people are not going to push you out of them. Yeah. Hmm. What is your new book called? It's called Everything is Flammable. And it's a collection of short stories? No, it's like a whole, it's a whole new book. Oh, great. I don't have one yet, as you can tell. I have to get one. <clears throat> yeah, I know it's, um, it's, uh, it's about my mother and uh, her house catches on fire and she loses everything she owns. And then I go back to California where she lives and uh help her with her her house mm-hmm. putting back the house a new house and uh, getting her life back together basically and then uh, um yeah no so it's like a lot of sort of digressions around that too but it's basically a full i don't like the word memoir i think memoirs are awful <laughs> excuse me i'm drinking beer and I'm burping a little <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's kind of a, sla- a cross between a memoir and a diary, but it's not a diary either because it's sort of uh, just a collection of vignettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. In your work, it seems like you have composite characters. Is that true? Um, not so much. No. I mean, occasionally I'll have a composite character. What kind of fictional tools do you employ? Because uh, I know that you have, like, some magical realism. Mm. Uh, uh, well, okay, so I guess the fictional tools I employ is... Um, um, well, for simplicity's sake, I will streamline things. I'll, like, if something happened over a series of days, I can have it happen over like a single conversation Mm -hmm. um i and for entertainment's sake i can i will sometimes make up funny things that happen if the thing if the story seems too boring or and uh so i think those are the two things either compressing things consolidating events and elaborating, lying sometimes. Is there anything that you regret writing about? Uh, like that if you're like, if I had to do it again, I wouldn't write about that person or I would have done this or that? Um, come here. Oh, sorry about that. Okay. That 
was my old timey telephone. I'm going to turn this off now. Um. Uh, what was the question now? Is there anything you regret writing about? Um, I don't know. I guess my first thought is like if I regretted writing about it, maybe I wouldn't want to talk about it to bring it up so that people would go and read it. Mm. Like I regret using my real name. Mm. I think it would have been wise. If I could go back in time, like back to the future and mm. tell myself when I was starting, I would be like, choose a pen name mm. so people can't Google you quite as easily or Google your family members or your friends or your dates or mm-hmm. yeah, whoever. Yeah, I've kind of given up on that. Like, I assume, like, maybe just in this information I age, I, I mean, I do have a lot of secrets and private things, but my, I do know that my life is just out there for Googling, and so I'm just like, go, go and have at it. I actually regret when I first started doing comics, I was making up names. Like, I gave everybody fake names and that seemed very insincere like it seemed like um I reread Jack Kerouac's On the Road and he uses all these he makes up all these names for each character and then I was just spending a lot of time trying to figure out who was who in history Mm. like basically maybe he made stuff up but it was very autobiographical and it just seemed like it was distracting to make up names because like you're just distracted trying to see like who it is who's behind the mask or whatever so i think uh my book lucky i'd made up all these names and then um I can't remember, actually. But for a long time, I used, like, my friend Tony. I called him Tom. But um, something was felt more sincere about using real names, even though it was more risky. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why I thought you did composite characters, because some of the people recur so often. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person's here again. Are they a real person? Are they a device? I just have a very tight-knit group of friends, I guess. Do they mind being in your comics, or do they like it? It's hard to say. Um, I mean, often people will tell me that, like, they'll tell me something and be like, you can't put this in a comic. Sometimes it's the best thing. I can't remember what, but I was making fun of someone for having, like, a yeast infection. Mm-hmm. I can't remember why, but I remember they were like, you can't put this in a comic, you'd swear to me, swear that you won't put this in, and... I was like, God, that would have been so... I was like, I didn't even think about it until Mm -hmm. you said that. But now that you say that, that would be a great thing to put in because it's so embarrassing. It's so funny. What do you think it's like, either from your own experience or what people have yelled at you, what do you think it's like to date a cartoonist? Uh, I guess I dated a couple. Mm. I love that. I have never dated a cartoonist. It is a mystery to me. Hmm. I ask everybody this because some guy said to me before, he's like, I can't do it anymore. Hmm. I can't date another cartoonist. And I was like, I want to know who this guy is and which cartoonists he dated. He dated two female cartoonists who did different kinds of work from each other. Mm -hmm. But something about them had each broken his heart in some kind of very specific way that I've been trying to understand by asking people what they think it's like to date a cartoonist. I think it's more on him and not them. Let's see. I dated Ron Rigi, and uh, he was a he was a great boyfriend until it was over. Um, I mean, he had a like cartoonists have like a really 
intense neurotic um uh work ethic so it was great to be with ron because we were just working all the time and like we could work on comics together and that was a lot of fun um I didn't like like having to do signings with him and being like sort of grouped with him. Did like, that happen? Yeah, like we would be invited to the same festivals and like being put to sign together and uh I don't know why I didn't like that. It just felt like um because I don't mind being grouped with other cartoonists and he's a great cartoon. Like as a friend now I don't mind being grouped with him, but somehow I didn't want to be like in some kind of cartoonist couple sort of I didn't want to be thought of as part of a unit I guess because I was uh you know I'm a I'm very insecure about my own identity as a person in the world or something but um no I mean it was a good relationship I think I mean everybody's got their issues and yeah. cartoonists definitely we are a very odd breed we are definitely strange people we have this kind of illness or something do you think it's compulsive um that's how i feel about drawing comics even when i like this is the worst mm -hmm. i can't i can't mm -hmm. physically stop drawing comics uh i mean I, I i don't know but uh i mean it's pretty compulsive for me too i'm sure we could stop if we really tried but why would we stop what would we do like we might as well keep doing it <laughs> but um yeah no i think it's actually really hard to date people who aren't cartoonists they don't understand that like every time you're not drawing comics you just feel this sense of dread and urgency and uh so comics just like working is it's hard but it's like it's sort of calms you down or it calms down that because it's like in order to create even a modest body of work like even just a small sliver of work excuse me this beer is making me very burpy you have to work so much more than um than anyone can see like comics are like you don't they don't look like they take a lot of time and it's almost like we create them to look that way so people don't really understand like how much time we're losing and sacrificing. How long do you think it takes you to make one page? I mean, I could do a page in a day. I could even do a page in a few hours, but it's like usually the nicer the page, the more time it will take. So I could spend um I mean, it used to take me weeks, but now like like the longest it would take is a week, but it could take a day. Or, mm. I mean, it really... Yeah, it doesn't... It's hard to say. I'm not a fast drawer. I mean, I am a fast drawer, but then I'm a... I do a lot of redrawing and redesigning and, I, you know, I put a lot of thought and planning or, not, or, like, trying different things, you know. Yeah. Is there anything that you hate to draw? Um... Streetscapes are pretty hard for me. I have a hard time just remembering what everything looks like and making it seem natural. Uh, I think you're good at drawing dogs. <laughs> I've been drawing a lot of dogs lately. I've been hanging out with a lot of dogs lately. 
Man, I think you're good at drawing lots of things, but I was thinking about a streetscape, and I was thinking about you at, like, an outdoor cafe with a dog. Mm. And I was like, oh, that looks a good-looking dog. Yeah, well, I like dogs, so I can draw a dog. I don't like drawing people who I dislike. Hmm. Do you ever have that? No. Like, I like, I'm not going to ever draw the president. <laughs> the current, the current president, I, I can't. I see what you're saying there. I don't like that either because most of my characters even the like hideous ones I tr- tend to try to look for the good in them mm-hmm. and uh, I don't really it's hard to look for the good in Donald Trump it's I mean there is I'm sure there's some good in him but um y- yeah I see what you're saying but it's for me it's like I'm like almost inhabiting them for a minute or I'm like animal communicating with them kind of. Mm-hmm. So it's like while I'm drawing them. So it's like sort of painful in a way for you to uh to 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 draw them because you have to sort of face something about yourself that you don't like. Yeah, I just don't want to spend time with them, I think. Mm-hmm. You know. So if people are listening to this, how can they get their your book and how can they find you? Uh you could go to www. GabrielleBell.com, which is G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E-B-E-L-L.com. Or you could go to UncivilizedBooks.com, which is my publisher. Or you could go to Amazon or one of those things. Mm-hmm. Cool. And they can find you on tour? Uh, yes. And your tour schedule is on GabrielleBell.com? Uh, not at the moment, but it'll be up there soon, hopefully. Cool. Is there anything, any last words, anything you want to tell young cartoonists, listeners, potential readers, anyone? Uh, young cartoonists, you are inheriting a mess. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you this week to Shoshana Wechter. Thank you for being in Ponyo's inner circle. Not to be a Seinfeld, but have you ever noticed that I never try to sell you Blue Apron on the podcast? Or that we do not disparage and bemoan trips to the post office in favor of stamps.com? Well, it is because we have no advertisers. Zero. Producer Chris, producer Ponyo, and myself do this out of the goodness of our hearts. Because we like it. If you would like to tip producer Chris Sutton, who dedicates hours to this series every week, please, 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 please send your tip of $5, $10, who knows how much. That's your business via PayPal. Two, hornetleg at gmail.com. That is hornet, like the insect, leg, like one of his appendages, at gmail.com. If you do this, we will read your name on the podcast. Isn't that exciting? We may have advertisers someday, and we'll rant and rave about free sex toys and mattresses and blue apron and whatever, but in the meantime, thank you. We appreciate your support, and I look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. That was Ponyo's voice. Don't be scared. Bye.